1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: I passed between the Caesar Superdome and the Smoothie King Center and saw all the trucks lined up. Uh, there are trucks out there like it's a huge rock concert because essentially that's what it is. Tonight, Trans Siberian Orchestra happens at the Smoothie King Center at 7 o'clock. And I've mentioned the last couple of days that if, if you've stayed away from this because, oh, orchestra, I don't know, Trans-Siberian, I don't know anything about that. Trust me on this. It's really a cool thing. And I don't want to build it up so much that you're disappointed if you end up going. But it's really an awesome experience. It's not just a con. It's an experience. And the, the, the costumes, uh, every year there's a different theme. But it's a story. It's a story told with music and a, and a narrator, and the effects and the the staging, and the the musicians, the artists, they're they're very, very good. And it's uh, just really a, a cool, cool event. I'm really looking forward to that uh, tonight. In fact, um, for every ticket sold, one dollar is going to go to the uh, WWL a uh, Children's Hospital Radiothon, which we just had. So that's um, another. Nice benefit to that, but man, the the goth like uh, gothic like costumes that they have uh, for for some scenes, it's it's it, again I, I find it amazing. I don't want to build it up too much because I don't want you to be disappointed, but it really is an event. And for for years, I just I don't know, it's not for me. And boy, I, I went you know maybe four years ago, for the first time, and I've been every year since. It's tonight at the for King Center, on the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture Calendar for today, Wednesday, December thirteenth. On this day in 1999, BMI published a list of the most played songs on American radio and television in the 20th century. BMI tracks the songs that are, that are played on radio and television. So in 1999, coming to the end of, you know, getting close to 2000, they, they did a list of the top five songs played on radio and television for the whole century. And I'm kind of amazed at the list. I'm kind of amazed that these songs are so soft in nature. Anyway, we're going to count down from number five to number one uh, this hour with our bumper music on the show. And also uh, later, we're going to do uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady by, by Cheech and Chong. All right. Today, Taylor Swift turns 34 years old, and she's offering something new for her fans. Okay. We'll get to that here in just uh, just a second. Uh, um, right? Okay. Well, I maybe I guess I did that. Uh, I guess I get the wrong cue there. Um, so, yeah. So, so okay. We'll do it. We'll start it over. Okay. Take two. Uh, Taylor Swift is uh, 34 years old today, and she's offering something new to her fans. We're
3: about to go on a little adventure together, and that adventure is going to span 17 years of
0: music. Swift's Eras Tour movie began streaming today. To keep things fresh, it includes three bonus songs, Wildest Dreams, The Archer, and Long Live. And you won't have to search far and wide to find it. It's available on Apple TV, Voodoo, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and Xfinity, which includes a playlist of karaoke versions. You can rent the movie for 48 hours for 1989.
2: Her Eras tour resumes in February in Tokyo. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. And uh, Taylor Swift says she's just having a blast, and she's, you know, at the top of her game, grossing a billion dollars on the Eras tour. A billion. And she's uh, named Time Magazine Person of the Year, which I think it's kind of hard to argue that she doesn't uh, she doesn't deserve that.
4: I've always had fun doing this. I can't believe music is my career. That's crazy to me. Like, I've always loved it. I've never had a fraction of the amount of fun I had on the Eras tour before ever.
2: And uh, so we were talking yesterday about her her jet. She actually has two jets and it's not the um, it's not the, the uh the jet that I thought it was. I, uh, I I thought it was this other jet that some airlines use as a commuter jet. It's um it's bigger than the Gulf Stream and it's just a really nice um, nice jet. It's a dissolved She's got two of them. It's a Dassault Falcon, and she's got a, a nine hundred, and then, a, and then another one. One is for shorter trips, and the other one's for longer trips. And the one with longer trips has this really nice bed in it. And I, I wouldn't say it's a queen size bed, maybe a full size bed, but it's just um, really. I, I mean, it's nice. And for those long trips, you know, she can uh, just sit back and take a nap. And let's see what else. Oh, also, a uh, Taylor Swift pays carbon credits. And she, she pays, I, I look, I don't understand the, the scientific aspect of all of this, but Taylor Swift pays extra. So to counter the criticism that she spends so much time in her, in her, her private jets, and she does talk about global warming, uh, to her credit, Taylor Swift pl- pays extra to um, contribute to what her jet might be doing in terms of hurting the economy. So I thought that was a I thought that was kind of cool. If you want to join us with a comment about anything we talk about, the Oakland Art Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. Also, uh, Dennis Allen was uh, talking on WWL to, uh, to Bobby Hebert and Mike Hawes, and he was talking about that uh, flare-up that happened on the bench between uh, Eric McCoy and uh, Derek Carr. And it's interesting that after that happened, the Saints went on to um, to two scoring drives. And Dennis Allen says, you know, usually you don't want something like that to happen, but sometimes it, it, it's kind of a, a spark for the team. And I think this really does prove that the Saints just need something to inspire them because in many ways they've got the talent to do it. And and sometimes they just don't seem to be inspired. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't actually meet him. I talked to a long snapper, uh, Zach Wood, uh, last night at the uh, Children's Hospital, not Children's Hospital, it's the uh, Ronald McDonald House, which is at Children's Hospital, Ronald McDonald House. And um they uh, had a Christmas party last night and some of the Saints and Saints cheerleaders and Gumbo showed up for that. And just such a heartwarming situation. During this break, I'm going to I'm going to post a picture of Eric McCoy holding one of the, the baby uh, residents at Ronald McDonald House. And it's 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 so adorable to see this big guy who, you know, is involved in football and the NFL, which is tough and physical. And he's just I mean, he held this baby forever. And it's just really a sweet picture. So I'm going to post that on the Scoot on the Air Facebook page and Scoot on the Air Instagram um, coming up. All right, so on the list of the songs that were the top songs of the 20th century, songs most played on radio and television, this was number five. Frankie Valli, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. This was the fifth most played song in the 20th century. So we're going to play this going to break, and then coming out of break, we'll do... Song number four. And we'll do the, the list as we go through this hour. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about cursing. There's a new study out, uh, and it, 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 it shows what states curse the most. Where does Louisiana rank? And is cursing okay? Does it relieve stress? Or is cursing the manifestation of less intelligence? We'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Scoot on WWL.
5: Is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: On the list of the uh, top five songs played in the 20th century, which was um, um, made, on, made official on this day in 1999, this was song number four, Stand By Me, Benny King. I'm Scoot on the Air. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Just uh, beautiful outside. So nice that there's really no need to curse unless you're in traffic, and then I'm sure you're going to be cursing. I, I recently... I uh, went to a, an adult skating night at a skating rink, and it uh, didn't go so well. I fractured my elbow, and believe me, I, I, I cursed. Uh, it was adult night, so there were no kids around, but I, I cursed. And I, I admit sometimes I, I curse, and it, it feels good to curse. But I don't know whether this is the manifestation of a less intelligent mind or if it's kind of cathartic, if it feels good, if it relieves stress to actually curse. Now, a study has been done of the, um, the states that curse the most— and number one on the list is Texas. And this is mostly based on social media and, and cursing and, and bad words used in social media. Uh, Texas was, uh, was was number one. The city that curses the most was um, Phoenix, Arizona, tied with uh, Portland, Oregon. But but Louisiana was not even in, in the, the top list. Um, Texas was number one, followed by Ohio, Florida, Tennessee, and Missouri dr. Michelle Moore is a chief of psychology at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine she joins us on WWL doctor good afternoon
4: hello good afternoon
2: is it okay to curse
4: so I think it's a great question and uh, I think your scenario of how this came up is a great kind of reason to be talking about it and there is research to support that it does release stress when we use curse words and it's also interesting that there's research that talks about how it helps people to manage pain Um, uh, When they use curse words, I think the thing we have to be mindful of of if you're using curse words to talk to right the the skates that you're wearing, the inanimate (laughs) object, you know, that is different than cursing at a person who's standing across from you and so I think we have to be clear that those are different contexts um, but if you're frustrated about something and angry and you're not directing at a particular person and you're using a curse word um, it actually does relieve your stress it can reduce pain and make you feel this sense wow. of relief
2: so you know don't worry about the uh, the Percocet just you know curse away
4: Right, we may be able to reduce our medication use, right? Yeah. We just use curse words. I, I don't know how that'll go. but I
2: don't know. Maybe you can become addicted to cursing. Study. I think some people seem to be addicted. <laughs> I, I go to Saints games, and I think some people are addicted to cursing. <laughs> but I when I listen, when I fell at the skating rink, I cursed me. I said, You stupid I was mad at myself yeah. for, for, for falling, but I you knew you bring up an interesting point about cursing an inanimate object or cursing the situation as opposed to like cursing another person.
4: Right. And those are very different because if you are directing it at a person, you're looking at them and using words to intentionally harm and disrespect another person. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about those instances where something has happened and you've gotten frustrated. Maybe it is you're in the car and you're frustrated. Somebody just cut you off and you use a curse word to let it go. Right. And move on. That's that's different.
2: And, you know, we can all read the lips of the coaches on the sidelines when there's a call that goes against their (laughs) team. I mean, we know what they're saying.
4: That is correct. We do see that. Yes, they probably don't want us to, but we do.
2: So what, what do you say to the people who say, oh, oh, oh cursing is just, uh, it's, it shows a lack of intelligence, a lack of, uh, of civility. What do you say to those people?
4: Well, I think that's all within a matter of perspective, and uh, that might be what one person thinks, but it could also depend on your audience. Um, there've actually been some people that think it shows a genuine sense of a situation or you're genuinely expressing your true emotions in the moment. Um, not if you use curse words because you're intentionally choosing to use them, but if they just naturally come up as part of this conversation with a person, sometimes it does just show this is your raw emotion and this is just how upset you are in the moment. So I think we have to take it into context and I think you also have to remember that there are certain situations and scenarios where cursing may be very inappropriate, um, right. and it may not come across the right way. It may make you look unprofessional.
2: Like if you're in church and you drop the Bible, you don't know, you don't want to blare out a curse word there.
4: I would agree. I think that would be <laughs> one of those scenarios that we put to the side not a great place to use curse words you know I think of uh, school environments or yeah. many professional environments that it it would not come across well then you wouldn't be perceived very well if you were using a lot of curse words well, right you know, but it's the difference if you use them all the time yeah. or if it
2: just slips out occasionally well that's another good point doctor because there are comedians that overuse curse words and and you know you're yeah. you're you're a couple of minutes into their their bit and it's like okay this is boring I mean it's it's just a salacious use of the, of the words and they lose their effectiveness.
4: I would agree with that. And I think that's where we see the difference between something that's just authentic and it is the raw emotion that just comes out versus somebody who's intentionally choosing to um, string curse words into what they're saying in order to make an impact But like you're saying, it actually, it doesn't make it more funny. It doesn't make it more enjoyable just because someone's cursing.
2: All right. Dr. Michelle Moore, Chief of Psychology at LSU Health, New Orleans School of Medicine. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for supporting the idea that it's okay to curse. you're welcome have all a right. good one happy holidays all right if you want to join us with a comment this afternoon the oakland art jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870 uh, we're going to get to some of your texts i know we've really been busy and haven't been able to get to uh, many of your text messages but we'll do that but let's get to a couple of your calls first um chunky is uptown chunky welcome to wwl
6: Hey, Scoot. Yeah. Uh, very good interview. I think I think if I lived in Texas, I would probably curse a lot. Oh, more yeah. Too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. in the case of Texas, it might be a collective lack of intelligence, too.
6: Yeah, the com- Yeah. Th- that combined with, well, God, if my wife had to get an abortion, I'd be cursing, too. <laughs> oh, right? Yes. You she you would. One
2: <laughs> yes or, or, you know, yes. If you had to deal with some of the politicians that they have in Texas and some of their their um, their policies and philosophy, yeah, you'd be cursing a lot.
6: Yes, true. Hey, uh, I wanted to say, yeah, that I saw Trans-Siberian in Oklahoma City or Tulsa. It was, I mean, years ago, decade ago, but it's a fantastic show. And uh, the uh, the good thing, from my perspective, is you won't have a lot of uh, MAGA people there because they think trans people are
2: playing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is so <laughs> – that would be such the case today. Oh, Trans-Siberian, Orchestra, a bunch of trans people. And, you know, Chunky <laughs> – I love it because that's just the way a lot of people think these days. Trans-Siberian Orchestra? All those trans people? We might become trans ourselves. It doesn't work that way. All right, on the North Shore. Bob, welcome to WWL.
7: Hey, Scoot. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas, by the way. Same to you. I was with the 2nd Squadron 3rd Cav in Germany, and we got a new commander. And he was the most effective uh, person I ever knew for the use of expletives.
2: Uh-huh. He,
7: he used, traditionally, he used the expletive GD. GD. Yeah. GD. Okay. And if he, if he used it once, you'd better pay attention. If oh. he used it twice, you probably should come to attention. And if he strung three or four GDs in a row... Your day was miserable.
2: Um, I understand.
7: And, and we had one captain who challenged him uh, when he used four GDs in a row. And the captain went from S3, the third highest position in the squadron, down to S2, which was about the ninth or tenth position in the squadron.
2: Wow.
3: Wow
7: you didn't challenge the old man. He was the best commander I think I ever had, and it was perfectly clear how he wanted you to behave at any given time.
2: He was a D.G. good officer.
7: Oh, he, and he also was very physical. He, he took a swipe at me with his uh, swagger stick. Fortunately, he missed, and then we had a... A British soldier who got beheaded in a m114 Wow but when he left the squadron he came by squadron maintenance I was the motor officer at the time and he had his car checked out and he held that swagger stick up and he said you remember this one and I said yes sir I remember that one he remembered every notch on that swagger stick wow. where he swung at somebody and <laughs> And then it is swagger stick. Bob, love, but, you, love you,
2: love your, love your stories. Um, so, uh, Merry Christmas and, and Happy Holidays. Glad you, uh, glad you called the show. Uh, let's go to Frank in Long Island. Hey, Frank, listen. Thanks for the thanks for the muffaladas yesterday. You, you sent these muffaladas from uh, Sirios, and look, we uh, munched down on those, and uh, there were two of them, and they're just gigantic. So we even left one in the in delicious. the break room.
3: Everyone liked that, Frank.
6: That guy has been to 500 consecutive LSU games in 40 years.
7: Wow. Just think about that. Mike Serial.
6: Mike Serial. He's got all, I've had him a poster and everything else, which hangs in your restaurant. But he's got all, when you walk in, I'm sorry I to tell you, if you walk into his restaurant, it's all LSU. And uh, it's beautiful. Before I tell you the main reason why I called, in reference to swearing, I have two sons. I told you about my special needs son. Yeah. He will not swear no matter what. If something happens, he gets mad at you. He goes, you swear word, you, <laughs> instead of swearing the word. Yeah. And my other son will use the F word as a noun, verb, adjective, <laughs> adverb, all at once. But the reason why I'm calling, before, I, I was born in New Jersey. My favorite group was Frankie Brown and Four Seasons. I used to work for hotels. I got transferred from North Jersey to Central Jersey. They just bought a hotel there, assistant general manager at the age of 18, and I hired, because he only lived, he was only from five miles away. Frankie Brown, the four season, we had a five five thousand capacity ballroom. So I hired him. The main boss of McGyver's New York, Patrick Murphy, calls up my boss. Said, "What the hell is going on down there? Who the hell's spending this money?" He goes, "Well, the guy you just transferred from Saddlebrook is down here spending this money. He's only a kid. I'm going to be there." He shows up. Not only did we fill the room, not only did it was it a standing room only, it was a listening room only. Wow. And he comes to me and he says... From now on, can you book it every week?
2: <laughs> Good for you, and Frank. I barely got a handshake. You, you showed him that but, you showed him that it worked. Um, I, I appreciate uh, that story. And again, Frank, thanks for listening in Long Island, and thank you very next much for the first uh, time bourbon
6: and cigars. Yeah, right. so, time yeah, bourbon okay. and cigars. I
2: like that idea. <laughs> bourbon and cigars. Yeah. You got it, But buddy. thanks for the muffaladas yesterday. All right, so um, there are a few words that sometimes are substituted for curse words. Now, somebody wanted to know what Charlie Foxtrot meant. And I said earlier that, that Hunter Biden's life is a Charlie Foxtrot. Charlie Foxtrot, Charlie is the, um, is the call sign for the letter C, if I'm saying this right. And Foxtrot is the call letter for the letter F, C-F, Charlie Foxtrot. That means cluster blank. So when we say Charlie Foxtrot, we mean cluster blank. Like, you know, traffic this afternoon is probably going to be a a Charlie Foxtrot. Um, The word fudge or fudgesicle is often used to replace the F word when cursing in uh, situations where you can't really let cursing fly. Shoot is used often instead of the other S word. Frick or frickin'. I say that a lot when I get really frustrated on the air because I know I can't say the, the, uh, the other word. Crap is used. Dang. Dang it. Heck, damn, darn, holy cow, freaking, poop, fork, mother trucker, sugar, and holy smokes. Any other words that you use to replace curse words when you, when you can't curse? Because sometimes you just want to let it rip, and, and you can't.
3: I remember one time I was in eighth grade. And I was in my science class, and Miss Newport was this sweet little old lady, and she had a real problem with one of the other students in the class. His name was Eric Yi, and she was telling him to pipe down one day, and he says, "Miss Newport, why don't you just shut the front door?"
5: Shut you the could door hear a door.
3: pin drop. She wow. almost murdered Eric Yee right in front of everyone. Man, we've never seen sweet little old Miss Newport so angry. Uh, and that moment always stuck with me. And Now when you want to tell someone to, you know, I'm gonna remember shut that. the F up, You just, why don't you shut the front door, man?
2: Like if somebody calls and it, it just gets out of control. Why don't
3: you just, oh, oh, just shut, shut the, the front, front door? door. I think, think of a couple of listeners that could probably shut the front door. You know what yeah, I'm saying?
2: Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we, we, we need to say that. All right. If, if wow. you can think of a, a, a substitute word for a curse word, um, you can call our show or, or send us a text. The Okanagan Jewelers Talking Text Line is 504-260-1870. And also, um, do, do you curse? Do you think it's okay to curse? You know, the doctor we just talked to, Doctor Michelle Moore. She said, um, yeah, it's okay to it's okay to curse, and and cursing is not necessarily the result of less intelligence, and that especially if you're not cursing out a person if you're just cursing out a situation or you're mad at something like the skates that caused me to fall but i was really mad at myself uh, it's okay to it's okay to curse and she says it actually helps us deal with pain well i didn't deal didn't help me deal much with my pain but but it it did feel good at the moment so let's go to ian with some of your text
3: messages uh everyone is swearing at me on the Oakland Art Jewelers socket <laughs> there's so oh many God. people in here it's great. I love it. Um, I'm going to get to those in just a second. I wanted to tuck in. We talked about Dick Van Dyke at the end of the last day. is his birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Here's a text message that reminds us Dick Van Dyke hosted his own musical comedy show on WDSU here in New Orleans in the early 1950s.
2: Wow. Well, I don't remember that because I was just...
3: You know, I yeah. Too young. I was negative thirty years old. I don't yeah. remember that, but I, I cool do remember that he got his start here at uh, WDSU.
2: I do remember that he spent some time at WDSU.
3: Dick Van Dyke, if you're just tuning in, 98 years old today. Uh, here's a Texas says, "What a stupid funking topic. We don't freaking curse too much. If the survey says we do, that survey is bullshit. I hate it when <laughs> dumb spit. arses say stuff like that about our state. If cursing relieves stress, why don't we let our kids curse?"
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a good question. And and do you curse in front of your kids?
3: Some people do let their kids curse, and that yeah. can be pretty surprising. Like no, when you're out I, to dinner and the yeah. kid's, kid says, shut the front door, and you're like, what? Yeah, you're yeah, like that's, "You're like seven.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it seems like um, a trashy thing to, to do for kids to do. It. I, I remember, um, I guess I didn't realize it, but my wife and I, I guess we cursed in front of my son, and he was about two years old, and he he, um, he dropped an egg on the floor, and he just looked down and said,
3: Oh, shoot. (laughs) So he knew the context in which to use the word. That's hilarious. Uh, Here's a text that says, uh, so funny, but the first time I watched Yellowstone, I didn't care for the program because they seemed to force bad language where it didn't really fit. I tuned in later in the season, and now they curse excellently. Maybe they hired some sailors as coaches. Interesting. Uh, Here's a text that says, now I understand... Why Texas leads in swearing? If most of my fellow citizens elected Ted Cruz to represent me, <laughs> I'd swear a lot too. That's James and Harvey. Thank you, James. Yep,
2: the most cursing comes from the state of
3: Texas. Uh, I got just—I'm going to rattle off kind of a list of substitutions here. Uh, somebody says you can say "cluster fluff."
2: Okay, cluster fluff. It shows Again, a cluster. Well, you know, but see, you know, this shows ad libbed, and when we get we get too close to the real thing. I'm just, uh, you know, I could just slip and say the real thing sometimes. So, you know, cluster fluff, I I, I have to work
3: on that. Uh, You know, I'm going to stick with Charlie Foxtrot right now. Uh, Here's a text that says uh, you could call somebody a wingnut or a bonehead, SOB, mother scruncher. Uh, Here's a text that says I like calling someone a douche canoe.
2: Isn't it interesting how people have (laughs) so many substitutes for curse words? I mean, it didn't take much to get the audience to just start pouring in with these substitution
3: words. Man, I was on the bus on the way here this morning and this douche canoe just sat down <laughs> next to me and started just being <laughs> such a S.O.B. Um, uh, I'll pause there. <laughs> i got to collect some more of these and make sure they're at least PG. If you want to
2: join <laughs> us with a comment, the Okanah Jewelers talking text line is 504-260-1870. You know, one thing we haven't gotten to yet, Mayor Kentrell is going to deliver her State of the City address uh, later today. Maybe we'll hold off until tomorrow and we'll talk about some of the things that maybe she didn't mention. But, you know, look, I have to tell you that crime seems to be down in the city. Part of it has to do with the weather. Part of it has to do with the fact that this is not summertime. And crime and murders and shootings always spike in the summertime. So I don't know if crime is down compared to last year at this time, but it's certainly down compared to earlier this year. And that's good news. And it may be because there's some new, uh, new strategies with the uh, NOPD, and, that, and that's good. But I just I don't um, I don't I don't feel like we're talking about carjackings and shootings as much now as we did earlier this year. So that's a, a positive thing about New Orleans. And I still think New Orleans is a, is a, is a great place to uh, to be. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you where we are on the, uh, the list of fun cities in America. All right. Uh, according to BMI, on this day in 1999, they published a list of the most played songs on American radio and television in the 20th century. This was song number three. All right, so number five was Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, Frankie Valli. Number four was uh, Stand By Me by Benny King. Number three was Yesterday by the Beatles. What was the second most played song on American radio and television in the 20th century? We've got that coming up right out of this break. I'm Scoot on WWL. On the SOTA Rock Culture Calendar on this day in 1999, the, uh, the, the organization that does uh, track music played on radio and television, BMI, published a list of the songs most played on American radio and television in the 20th century. And this was number two on the list, Never My Love, by the association. And I had an eight-track tape in my Mustang convertible, and I, I remember sitting out at the lakefront playing this, and this was my big um, make-out song. I mean, I needed something to help the mood because obviously I wasn't capable of creating any kind of a sexy mood or anything. Did it work? Yeah, it did. It Ch- did. Chicks really went for this back yeah, then, well, huh? That in the the Canadian club. Mm. But um, yeah, no, it worked. Man of refined taste. All right. So what was the number one most played song of the 20th century? We'll play it coming up, uh, going into the next break. All right. Now, look, we we're talking about cursing. Now... There was a moment when um, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, was talking about he was he was describing a touchdown pass from Jaden Daniels to uh, to Napers, And I can't I can't help what you hear. But I can tell you. He was saying fighting Tigers, he says fighting Tigers, Are you sure he says fight? Are you sure he's saying fighting tigers? Positive, hundo. Okay, definitely
3: says fighting. He says fighting tigers. However, listen to this.
2: Snap back to Jaden. Pump fake. Now airs it out. Down the field. Neighbors goes up. Hauls it in. Bobbles it. Did he hold on? He did. Touchdown, fighting tigers. You know, I mean,
3: just. Well, it's been nice working here, folks. I'll show myself out. It doesn't sound. uh, Yikes. He's got to be saying fighting. He says fight. It's Chris Blair.
2: Fighting. Yes.
3: Yes. He's a consummate professional. At the top, there's no way he makes a slip like that. He says fighting tigers. It just came out wrong. Wow. Yeah. Because, see, you know, as
2: long as I've been in this business, I've never made that slip. You know, and, and and there are times that, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's easier. One of my big challenges is when I do things on social media, especially when I was doing stuff on my, my YouTube channel, you know, you, you could curse. And so here I am with a microphone, headphones, uh, doing a, like YouTube stuff and I'll, I'll get back to my YouTube channel soon. Uh, but I, I would, I would just say words instead of, um, you know, um, saying BS, I would say, mm. <laughs> uh, so I would have to always remember when I'm on the air here on WWL, well, I can't do that. So I have to really make a distinction between, you know, what else goes on in my life or other settings that I'm in and when I'm actually on the air. Uh, so he, he obviously said fighting tigers. Cause again, Chris Blair is the ultimate uh, professional. Let's go to uh, Jimmy and Selmo. Hey, Jimmy, welcome.
8: Yeah. Hey, Scoot. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah, all those things. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, I got my cursing story. My dad cursed a lot, and I picked up on a lot of that. When I was in the Boy Scouts, you had to be 11. I lied about my age, 10 and a half. And we were out camping off the spillway, and a couple of friends of mine were throwing these hatchets at a tree. And the Boy Scout master says, Jimmy, tell your friends to stop doing that. And I said, hey, you little bee, (laughs) the curse word. And the Scout master says, son, do you realize what you're saying? I said, but no, son, that's not a curse word. My daddy says it all the time. Wow. In another incident, I was in grade school, McDonald 15, that little red school building in the French Quarter. That's where I went to grammar yeah. school. Yeah. And I got in a fight with a bully out there. I was real young. And uh, uh, the, the school, the uh, traffic lady, she saw it and all. I had to go before the principal with my parents. And the the traffic lady says, not in my entire life have I heard such a young boy curse so much she said he cursed like a drunken sailor on bourbon <laughs> street
2: <laughs> wow
8: one more thing on the cursing okay. my dad was italian i picked up his italian curse words And when I was overseas, our first port was Naples, Italy. I was on an aircraft carrier, and a bunch of young punks were hustling us for stilettos. And I used those Italian curse words, and you know what? They worked. They sort of chased us. (laughs) Wow,
2: yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting how you know cursing is just like totally part of our lives. And you know, we were talking about the uh, state that curses the most, and according to um, studies of of online uh, postings. And, and also in-person stuff, uh, Texas curses more than, than any other state. Louisiana wasn't even among the top states. So uh, cursing is, is part of our lives. I mean, most of us uh, curse. And there are a lot of things and a lot of situations where it's easy to curse. And, you know, we talked to um, the head of psychology at uh, LSU Health New Orleans. Uh, and the doctor said that, you know, cursing is um, it's OK. It's like a part of life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you lack intelligence. So that's all the permission I need. All right. On this day in 1999, BMI published a list of the songs most played on American radio and television in the 20th century. This was the most played
3: song in the 20th century. That's wild. Yeah. I would not have guessed.
2: All of these are soft songs. I mean, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, Stand By Me, Yesterday, Never My Love, and You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Man, I didn't realize the
3: 20th century was so wimpy. Yeah, not one of the wimpier centuries, honestly. Of course,
2: of course. One of the wimpier
3: centuries I remember. Not anyway. like the
2: 14th century, no, which was right. metal AF. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then, of course, nobody—you know, every, everything was mild and, and loving, and, you know, that was the emo era. You know, the Renaissance era was the emo era. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know those guys were all— No, I do
3: not mind. want—I'm so sad.
2: But man, you get those knights around that round table. I don't believe table, in God. Those, I believe in science. You think those knights weren't, uh, you know, using some curse words around the, the, the oh, round yeah. table? Oh, no, yeah.
3: No, definitely. No, that, those ninth century curse words, <laughs> whew, they knew how to do it. I'm Scooter. We'll be back on WWL.
2: On the SOTA Rock Culture calendar for today, December 13th, happy birthday to uh, co-lead singer and guitarist for Blake 182, Tom DeLonge, 48 years old today. In fact, I think they're uh, out on tour, and also, look, there's an attempt to prove that classic rock is not dead. I mean, the Rolling Stones are on tour, Aerosmith, Metallica is on tour, but Foreigner and Styx are going out on tour, and this is a, just a big demonstration that Classic Rock is not dead. All right, new study shows that more adult kids are moving in with their parents, or they're never leaving home. If you have adult kids living under your roof, is it okay if they have sex? I, I mean, with other, with other, is it okay if they have an overnight guest? Would you allow your adult kids to have sex while they're living with you? I'm Scoot. We'll talk about that next on WWL.